This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. So much to get into, so much to dive into between the expansion draft, the entry draft, so many different trades, so many different rumors. So we figure we'd dive into an old friend from the NHL Network, uh, of course, NHL.com. He is Dan Rosen. He's also my third baseman for the Mark Sasso softball coming up on Saturday at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern at Wagra Road, Hawthorne, New Jersey. Dan Rosen, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Donnie. How are you? Good. You're my third baseman still, right? I got you. I, I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a whirl. I told you what I need. I need a shortstop and five tools. Otherwise, I'm good. You know. All right. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> We're going to have to make it happen. We're going to have to make it work with what we have, but no. You come out every year. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to Saturday. Weather's supposed oh, to be nice. It. It's it's to be fun. Great. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite. Uh, it's one of my favorite events. I love doing it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. All right, so let's dive into so much happening here. We had the expansion draft, and then the entry draft, and and so many different trades. I, I guess let's start with Chicago. Seth Jones. No surprise that Columbus parts ways with him, but some people believe that. Maybe Stan Bowman didn't use the leverage that he had at all. Um, how, how do you feel about what he gave up to get Seth Jones? Well, look, I, I'm not um, – if the leverage was that they had – that he had a list of Dallas and Chicago and he wanted to – and Dallas sort of dropped out, then, you know, I mean, you figure Bowman's got leverage here because, you know, he's – it's the only place that he would agree to go. He's not signing with the Blue Jackets. We know that. He's got another year left. And I guess in that sense, you know, we were, he wasn't, it wasn't absolutely required that they were to trade him. But at the same time, Columbus has to act when they feel they can, you know, get the best possible deal for a guy that it, we all know is not going to be back, right? So I, I, I got to tell you, I wasn't, it's not the trade necessarily to me that you know we we should be looking at Chicago and being critical of them I think the trade is fine we Boquist is a good player um you know I mean it's a it's it's Boquist a couple of seconds and a first in 2022 it's a lot but Seth Jones is a very good defenseman to me it's the contract that we've seen reported an eight-year deal if that's what it is 76 million it's like nine nine and a half million a year that is a little too much for me, for Seth Jones. Kale McCarr just signed a six-year, $9 million a year contract. Right. Kale McCarr is a better defenseman. He's a better defenseman than Seth Jones. Seth Jones is 26. Kale McCarr is younger than that. I mean, like, there's you want to go comparisons here? There, There's no comparison in my estimation. I think Kale McCarr can win the Nars Trophy five times, you know, in his career. He could win it three times in the next six years. Like, he's that good. Whereas Seth Jones is a good player, we know what he is. He's actually not coming off a good year. It was a sh- it was a struggle for him. Now that might have been something to do with the Blue Jackets too. They were struggling. He is a top defenseman. Is he an elite number one defenseman? Maybe, but he's been on a team that's won one playoff round, one. You know. So, uh, and and the other thing is, if the Blackhawks are in a rebuild, which it's time for them to be doing that, and, and I think that that was the stated goal. Mm-hmm. And why are you going out and spending $9.5 on a defenseman? And I, and I get it. Seth Jones is a good player. He's a four-time All-Star. He's got a lot going for him. And he's still 26 years old, but it's a lot of your cap 
to be given to a defenseman who, for the first two or three years, might not be the difference in helping you win anyway. Um, so anyway, like I don't, I don't kill them for the trade, but I think we can be critical, and we'll see how it goes with Seth Jones. I think we can be critical of the contract if that's what mm-hmm. it's going to be. Well, you wonder how quick this rebuild's going to be because also today rumors are that Alec Martinez is going to re-up with the Golden Knights, and that's going to put him right up against the cap, and, and rumors that maybe they'll get rid of Marc-Andre Fleury, Robin Leonard, possibly both. Uh, r- rumors that Leonard can mm-hmm. go to New Jersey, and maybe Marc-Andre Fleury could go to Chicago. Any truth to those rumors? And if Marc-Andre Fleury ends up in Chicago... Am I supposed to believe that they're continuing with this rebuild or that they'll become a win-now team with a 37-year-old goaltender and all that money to Jones? Well, and see, here's the thing. Marc-Andre Fleury, who just won the Vezina Trophy, well, first off, I don't think Vegas trades both of them. I think they can certainly trade one of them. You're talking about a $5 million cap hit for Robin Lehner for the next four years and a $7 million cap hit for uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, but just for the next season for one right. more year. But Vegas, their biggest issue was they didn't have a number one center last year. Chandler Stevenson was their number one center, and I think that might have been a big difference in them not winning, you know, going on and attempting to win the Stanley Cup, losing as they did. Um, they need to fill other areas. They need So I think they can use the cap from whether it's Laner or Flurry, and try to, you know, make a trade, get some assets, and then potentially use the cap to, to improve. I don't know if they find a number one center of free agency, but improve that center depth. And who knows, there's the other outlier out there of Jack Eichel, right? I mean, what's going to happen with Jack Eichel? And is Jack Eichel healthy enough? And could Vegas afford him? And if Vegas were to get him, is he going to even play this season if he had surgery? Or is he get on LTIR, they make the playoffs and he comes back, sort of like Futurov? There's all those things, right? So, but... If I if we're looking at it from Chicago's perspective, I like Mark Andre Fleury doesn't make sense for them. He's got a one year left, you know. Like, and and if you're Mark Andre Fleury, you want to keep playing. Maybe you resign, but uh, I mean, I just don't see it. I, I don't see how that makes sense. Robin Lehner makes sense for them, but they just they also traded Robin Lehner, so so they're going to yeah. re- reacquire Robin Lehner. They didn't want to give him the contract, and now they're going to reacquire him with four years left on the contract. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's very, very interesting. We're talking to Dan Rosen from NHL.com after the uh, entry draft and all the trades and free agency upon us here and, and really going to be a lot of fun here as we have a quick off season before we dive right into the 21-22 season. Ranger fans are going nuts, feeling like they just gave away Pavel Bushnevich for nothing. I understand where they're going, but I don't think a lot of people really get like – how long this is going to take, what exactly all this is going to look like. We knew that Bushnevich was expendable. We knew that if he had won his arbitration case, that could really put a, a wrench into all the things that they're planning on doing, whether it's resigning Zibanejad, getting involved with Eichel. Do you get what's happening here with Chris Drury, and what do you think the end game eventually is going to be for the Rangers? I do get it. I understand it. I, the, the deal made sense to me. The Buchnevich deal made sense to me the moment I saw it. Mm. The problem, and I understand it, that fans are having, Donnie, is they're trading a top line forward for what amounts to a third or fourth line forward and a pick. We don't know what that pick's going to be. But that top line forward in Pavel Buchnevich was at his peak value. And they're thinking, well, why didn't we get a first-round pick? Look, look what Buffalo got for Rasmus Ristolainen, right? From Philadelphia, Ristolainen is a defenseman. You know, Buchnevich is a winger, which is 
you know, I mean, the, the value is completely different there. Uh, but I understand what they're doing. Barclay Gaudreau signs. He helps them in the third line role. They, you know as well as I do, Donnie, like they were not hard to play against last year. No. You look at teams that win in the playoffs, they have third lines that can dominate games. And that's what Tampa's had. Barclay Gaudreau was part of it, right? So they got Gaudreau. Sammy Blay is a third or fourth line forward who brings bite, some energy, can score. If he stays healthy, I mean, the guy can score 15 goals. He really can. He had a good um, final a so, couple of years ago, too. Yeah, and he's won. So they brought in Gaudreau, who's a two-time cup winner. They brought in Sammy Blay, who's won the Stanley Cup before. Now, yeah, you're getting rid of Buchnevich, but you're hoping to fill that with Lafreniere and Kako, right? I mean, you have guys that are supposed to jump up, and you've got to create the room for these guys to do it because you cannot, if I'm the Rangers, say to, myself, say to themselves, well, we need that energy third line and think that Lafreniere is going to be on it or Kako is going to be on it. They're not those type of players. They're scorers. They're not grinders. They need to be in top six roles. So this clears the space for them to have that top six and bottom six, the clear distinction, which is what teams are showing that they have. But that third line is one that can score. So they're still working on that. Um, and it just wasn't there. And the cap space, too, plays a role in it because, I mean, what are they going to give? Buchnevich $5 million, $5.5 million a year? When you, you, what are you going to do with Zibanejad? I mean, eventually, you're gonna, you know, what are you going to do? You have your goaltender who needs a new deal, and he works yep. with Sturkin. So Adam Fox is making 925000 next season. He can make $9 million more than that in the year after that. That's right. right? So, I mean, there's, there's a lot to consider here, and re-signing Buchnevich was not an option for them. They had to move him, and I'm, I, I won't. If there was a first-round pick out there to get, Chris Drury would have gotten them. It wasn't there. No, I completely agree. And and people look at cap space and say, well, you know, what what cap space? We're talking. You got to think ahead. You know, I don't know how yeah. much more this cap is going to move in the post pandemic era. You know, coming off a fifty six game season, coming off you know missing four months the year before. You know, even if it goes up, it's not going to be incredible where you're going to have all this space that you're talking about. Plus, you know, Zabanajad is going to be a very difficult decision to make. Because I think Zabanajad a year ago is a no-brainer, but last year, do we just explain away that first half of the season because of COVID? Um, is that something that tells you that it could be an indication maybe he's not the same player? Plus, where do we stand with Eichel right now? That's what a lot of Ranger fans want to know. Is it either or? Uh, I would think that uh, keeping Zabanajad is going to knock you out of the Eichel race, and then losing Zabanajad will put you in it. Is that the way you look at it? Yeah, well, yeah, I think if you re-sign Zibanejad, you're not getting Eichel because Zibanejad is going to get close to Eichel money. I mean, he's going to sure. get in that 8 to $10 million range, right? I mean, that's what it's going to be in the next contract. But let's remember, too, he's 28 years old now. At the end of next season, he'll be 29. So he'll be starting the next contract as a 29-year-old center. Does that mean he can't be good? No, obviously, he can be pretty good. He could still have a number of good years left, I think. Uh but, you know, and if, here's the other thing. If the Rangers wait and say, all right, is, is Mika going to be the Mika he was in the second half of last season and the second half of the year before, is he going to be the Mika he was in the first half of last season? You may wait, and Mika can be like, well, I don't want to re-sign here. I'm just going to play it out. You know, I mean, you could have that. And now Michael's on another team, and you don't know if you're going to be able to keep Mika. So there's, it's a dicey spot here. I think the safest bet for the Rangers is to re-sign Mika's advantage and to a new contract, keep with the program that they have now. Stability is important. I like that. 
you're going to acquire Jack, wherever Jack Eichel goes, he's going with a neck injury that might require surgery that he wants that's never been done before on a National Hockey League player from every indication I've gotten, neck injury, neck surgery. You know, I mean, you're entering into a a difficult territory there. Could that mean that Eichel's going to be fine? Sure, it could be fine. It also could mean that he may not play next season. And if you're the Rangers, you can't sacrifice next season. Are there going to be teams that will look at Eichel the way the Lightning looked at Kucherov last year? Uh, It's possible. I, I, I certainly think that's a reasonable consideration, especially if the team he's going to believes, as Eichel does, that he needs the surgery. Because I don't know what the recovery is for this type of surgery. It could be months um, that he needs to be out. He's skating now. Um, All indications are that he's doing well, but can he play at a high level in the National Hockey League with the injury he has, a surgery that he has said he wants, a surgery that he has said has caused a disconnect between himself and the Buffalo Sabres organization. So it's, it's certainly possible. That's why I brought up Vegas. Vegas is good enough to make the playoffs without Jack Eichel. Right. right. But, you know, they are, and they could save on the cap by not playing him next season. But, again, I mean, that's you have to clear that. The, the, the Lightning were able to do that because Nikita Kucherov had a surgery that we knew was a five-month recovery, and he had it in late December. Um, when did they know he needed the surgery? I, I don't know. I don't know all those factors. But they were able to, to do that with Nikita Kucherov because it was a known surgery, a hip surgery that needed a four or five months recovery. They didn't expect him back until the second round of the playoffs if they were to get there. He came back for the start of the playoffs. He kind of beat the clock on that one. Um, what's the situation with Eichel? A team acquiring him, could they do that again? I mean, they might, but again, it's got a lot of, a lot of hoops and obstacles have to get cleared for that to be legal through the National Hockey League. All right, I know you're up against a couple of quick hits here before we let you go. Where does Zach Hyman go? Looks like Edmonton. Looks like Edmonton on a seven- or eight-year deal. Um, if it's an eight-year deal, it'll be a sign-and-trade with the Leafs, but the Leafs going to be asking for a lot for that. Why would they accommodate the Oilers without getting a decent you know, return in that in type of trade? Uh, if it gets to Wednesday, then it's a seven-year deal because he can't sign. Uh, for more than that, but it certainly looks like Edmonton is in the mix here and likely for Zach Hyman, who I like as a player, and as a player I thought the Rangers should be targeting too, um, but we'll see. Are your thoughts on Voracek for Atkinson? It's an interesting, I mean, it's a change for the Flyers. For, for, for the Blue Jackets, I think they're just bringing back a guy who knows the market a little bit. He hasn't played there in 10 years. Um, they, can, they can absorb a little more of the cap than the Flyers could, so it's a little bit of a cap savings, a couple million cap savings for um, the Flyers, and it's a, it's just a change in the dynamic, I think, for, for Philadelphia. That's, I think, what Chuck Fletcher, their general manager, is trying to do, and I think that Voracek uh, certainly will help Columbus. They, he, he's a guy who's a playmaker. There's no question about it, and they need playmakers on that team, so I don't mind the trade, and I, I mean, it was interesting, like, I thought would would Philly take some of the cap to make it even? But what's the point of doing a trade if they're going to take some of Voracek's cap to make it even? The idea is to save a little bit on the cap and get a player who's a, you know an instant impact player on their team. How about Reinhardt to Florida? It's interesting that Florida has the first, the second, and the fourth pick in the 2014 draft on their team. And Aaron Ekblad, who's their pick, 
Sam Bennett and Sam, Sam Reinhardt and Sam Bennett, who they just signed for a four-year deal. I like Reinhardt. I like what Florida's doing. Joe Quenville, we know, is a really good coach. Sure. We know that their competition is the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? I mean, that is a huge competition for them, uh, especially in that division. And I think Reinhardt is an ideal number two center, play behind Barkov, get more favorable matchups. Reinhardt scored 40 points last season for Buffalo. And remember, 35 of those games were played without Jack Eichel. So he was the number one center, and he still managed to score 25 goals on a bad team. And now he's going to come in, he's going to get more favorable matchups because the harder matchups is what Barkov takes. And he's going to be able to center a second line that that could be really dangerous. And I like re-signing Bennett, too. I think he's an important player for them. Could play center, could play wing. They're, they're, looking, they're looking very dangerous. And we're just getting word. Larry Brooks tweeted about the Rangers on the verge, I guess, once they can officially do it. Patrick Nemeth. To a, Patrick Nemeth? Yeah, two or three years between 2.25 and $2.75 million per season. Well, I mean, Nemeth is, he's, A, he's a big defenseman. That's what the mm-hmm. Rangers needed. He is a big left-handed defenseman, which is what yeah. the Rangers needed. He's a big left-handed defenseman who has played in over 300 NHL games. You know? So it's, it's a 5-6 role for Patrick Nemeth. They're not re-signing Brendan Smith. If that's who they go with, it doesn't surprise me at all because that's the type of defenseman that they needed in their 5-6 mm. role. Any, any word on Landeskog? You know, on Saturday after the draft was done, uh, Joe Sackick spoke to the media. I was on that Zoom press conference. And I asked him on that. He said they're hopeful of signing Landeskog and Grubauer, who's also a pending unrestricted free agent. I said, if they get to Wednesday, does it mean they're gone? And he said, not necessarily. It does not. I've seen a lot of free agents circle back. I don't think Gabriel Landeskog circles back if he can't get a deal done with Colorado. I think there's an ego here, and it's not a fault of Gabriel Landeskog at all. Uh, but he wants to be with the Colorado Avalanche. He wants to also be wanted by the Colorado Avalanche. Um, and if he gets the free agency, he's going to get a lot of teams that are, are very interested. And, and to be honest, I mean, if I had to choose between one or the other, I think you've got to choose the goaltender over the left wing, even though that left wing is your captain and a very important part of your team. You need goaltending to win. And we've seen Colorado have a good team and not have goaltending like last year, and it struggled because the Grubauer got hurt. Um, they got McCarr done. That gives them cap certainty in that area. But you've you got to also remember, and we talked about it before, with Buchnevich and Zibanejad, I mean, there's two more years left on Nate McKinnon's contract. He's an unrestricted free agent after net, not this coming season, the season after. Got to factor that in. And he, he could be making over $12 million in his next time. He's 6.3 now. It could be double in the next one. Well, it's always a pleasure, man. I threw a lot at you, and you came up with a lot of information, and I can't wait to see you Saturday doing uh, similar work at third base for me. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. I'm working on my game already. All right. That's Dan Rosen from NHL.com. We threw a lot at him, and he handled it perfectly like a stellar goaltender. Kicked aside every single possibility so that we were able to get all the information that we could possibly get from him after a very, very busy weekend and what's going to be a very, very busy week. So we'll reconvene on Wednesday just to kind of get a lay of the land, what's happening, and then we'll kind of give you how we're going to handle the schedule moving forward uh, because we'll 
obviously have things that break and I'll pop on and maybe we'll have a little bit of a lull and we'll get some sort of an idea where we're going from that. So let's come back on Wednesday. If you want to get in touch with me and any questions, comments, you can do that at, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. Thanks to Dan Rosen today. Back with you again on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.